Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 53 of Up and Down Golf Podcast with your host, Slim, my co-host, Benny Golf. Benny, what's going on? I know the usual, the usual, just working away, enjoyed the long weekend there, family day. Um, Just kind of hung out, went to the Leaf game with my old man, which was pretty sweet. And I know, so obviously I've been to a handful of those right over the, over the past season. And uh, my dad hasn't been there once for a win, so we were going to the Leafs Montreal game, right? And that's literally the day of or the day after they signed Ryan O'Reilly or trade for Ryan O'Reilly and Arturi. And uh, I'm just laughing because I'm fucking walking into the rink with him. I'm like, dude, you have not seen a win yet this year. And this is the most like Leafs should win 100%, but they're probably not going to because you're here game. And obviously they ended up pulling out a pretty convincing one, which is sick. And then. And then uh, followed out, with a big loss to Chicago the next night. Yeah, that was tough for sure. But went out to the bars after, left my old man on his way home to meet some buddies down at Belfast. So uh had an interesting Saturday night to say the least. And then uh yeah, here we are. Talking like I know what bar you're going to. We went to Belfast. Yeah, it's like a top three bar. It's in a Toronto. pretty it's a pretty popular bar in Toronto. I feel like that most people have gone to it once. I wasn't a big fan of it. That was my first time there, but is it, it similar is, to Gracie's, uh, the underage? No, 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 no. It's it's like probably it's still a younger ish crowd, like young twenties for sure, but definitely a different vibe than Gracie's. What about Rocking Horse? I actually haven't been in there before, which really? is shocking. Yeah, no. Wow. I'll definitely go this summer. I'm assuming a rooftop patio. I could just see you yeah. loving that spot. Oh yeah, I'm a big rooftop patio guy. But anyway, enough about me. How was uh, how was your last little bit of a week? But it was good. Can't complain. Um, cat's sitting for my fucking sister, so that sucks. That sounds awful. Yeah, I didn't want them in my room fucking right away. Jetted right to my room before I could close the door. And uh, now they've been under my bed for like two days. Do they fucking meow a lot? No, they don't actually. The one That's is like, I haven't even seen. The other one's like a dog. Like The other one like wants attention, but like nice. he's kind of scared of what's going on right now. <laughs> but they also have this like cat tower thing. And oh, those are kind of sick. My sister brought like she was bringing all the shit over, and I was like, "She goes, oh, you're gonna need to move your car." I go, "Why?" She goes, "Well, we brought the tower. Well, why the hell do you bring the tower?" She goes, "Well, the cats need it." When what do you what do you mean they need it? It's not fucking food or water. They don't need it. They just yeah, fucking... exactly. So, anyways, that's hilarious. There's nothing worse than a cat though that just doesn't stop fucking meowing. Like, there's nothing going on. Meow, meow. I thought, I want to fucking punt them across the room. <laughs> not idea. Uh, Molinator, my dog is not loving it too. First, yeah, first 10 know. seconds in, dude, just pisses right by the cats. <laughs> they're Mark, sitting, they're sitting in, in their <laughs> cages, and then she, Molly just fucking pops a squat. That's like, awesome. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Other than that, uh, w- watch some golf, and uh, yeah, just hung out. Good stuff, good stuff. Love to hear it. Unreal. Well, should we just dive into it then? Yeah, why not? It was a pretty sick week. I mean, I watched a decent amount of it. You said you did? Oh, yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. 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 I fucking Riviera. hate John Rom. That's what I'm gonna start with. I just have to get that off my chest. Whoa. I don't actually hate him, but man, like we talked about it a couple times in the last few episodes. This guy is a freak. Like he's so good. And we were talking about his odds being so so good every week. It almost felt like tiger odds, and that's literally what it is. And I always say, Oh, it's bullshit. Why would you bet a guy at like four to one? Clearly, I'm wrong. The dude has like fucking five wins in what it feels like 10 tournaments or something. Like, he's insane. Yeah. I mean, he has three wins in 41 days. In that 41 day span, he also has a, 
a third at the waste management and a T seventh at the farmers. Like that's just disgusting. That's so gross. I mean, you were close with Homa. Yeah, I know. Fuck. I really wanted that. That would have been a really good look for the boys. Having Dude, two wins in the first like 10 to 12 weeks would have been sick. I really thought the birdie bogey swing on 10 was going to make it real interesting. And then what was yeah. it on 13, Homa bogeyed, and it just kind of let him back in the door. Yeah, both of them were playing. Like, I thought Cantley for a second was going to creep in there and cause some problems. Because, so, I mean, funny enough, I didn't throw this on our thing, but I bet Cantley on Friday night. I was like, hmm, he's like sneaky in the top 20s, had a good round. I was like, man, I don't love the top 20 right now. So I bet him to finish top five, which cashed out. But I was like sweating for a minute there because if I bet him to like win at that point, like I would have been in the hunt because Canley was putting together such a good round and you were watching uh, Homa and Rom and they were just kind of struggling back and forth, but staying in it enough where like their tee shots were a little wayward. Um on the one hole, I forget which one it was, maybe like 13 or 14. There's kind of like a bunker lining out the whole left side of the hole and Homa hit a tree like 180 yards off the tee and it just shot right down. Yeah. And he hit it again left, like with a almost top the wood. Like it was just some weird golf kind of coming in. But I mean, both those guys are studs and it's sick to see Homa do what he, he's been doing recently. Right. But yeah, I don't know. It was it was really interesting. So I was thinking Cantley was gonna sneak in there. Unfortunately he didn't, but still cash it. Can I say something now or do you want to just keep going? Yeah, so remember on hole fifteen, dude. There... <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, it was it was sick. I mean it as much as I love the same guys winning all the time and like going through like just a consistent dominant streak, I, I kind of miss like having like dude, last year at this time we had like four like first time winners on the PJ tour. I know. You remember yeah. that? And now it's just been like a Completely battle of different. just like the top guys on tour. Yeah. hundred percent. It's just nuts. Do you, do you think the like, we'll get into live later. Cause I have a couple comments I want to make with that based off the full swing documentary. I don't know if you end up watching that or not, but um, yeah. do you think it, because of the, and again, like, I mean, there's probably three or four like really big names on on Live, but um, do you think that has a difference on having the top guys be that much more consistent on the PJ Tour and winning because they're not there battling them every week, or no? You you think if the fields were the fields, Rom is on this streak regardless? Like obviously, maybe yeah. not the win streak. Like obviously, he's gonna play this like similar. But do you think he's mm-hmm. he's he's cashing out three wins and in, in seven events? Yeah, I I honestly think. He pretty much would. It would be pretty much the same. Like, we always talk about it. There's only a handful of guys at Live that really kind of tried to contend that same way, like maybe a Cam Smith would or DJ at times kind of thing. Like, there's not too many of them. So I do think when Rom's playing like that, like, not much is going to change. Um, And I also wanted to add, like, I think it's good. Like, I'm not actually mad at that happening. Last year was cool for us as good golf fans, but, like, pretty avid golf fans to see, like, the variety in winners. But I think for, like, the actual game itself, especially with the timing of full swing coming out and a little bit more attention on the game, like, this is something we talked about. It's good to have those same names kind of repeat a little bit over and over again because then it allows the casual fans to feel like they're more in it because they're recognizing the names on the leaderboard more, right? Like, it doesn't feel like they just flip it on and they have no idea who's contending. Yeah. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, for sure. 
So I feel like it wouldn't change. I feel like a lot of those guys would still be at the top and still be winning. Um, especially a guy like fucking Rom, who's just, in my opinion, by far the best, most consistent golfer in the world right now. It doesn't matter what tour you're playing in. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, he finally gets to world number one, which I think he's stoked about, right? Yeah. With How, the win. When was the last time he was world number one, or was he ever? I don't think he's ever been world number one. That That is insane to me. Like, that is insane to me. Because how many times has he been on this kind of like tear of being such a favorite? Like all last year, every time we looked, he was a favorite for a tournament. And the fact he was never world number one just kind of blows my mind. Yeah. I, I'm kind of speechless. I don't know what to add. Yeah. I mean, because like Scotty did some too. similar stuff, right? And obviously Scotty was number one a couple times. And I think he just was and then lost it to Rom. The issue is, I think Rom has never really. The tournaments he has won and his his span went on this past year, right? They weren't big world golf ranking events, so he got kind of there. screwed over there. They've also changed the world golf rankings, which screwed him over in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, like he said, like he did in his interview, he's he's saying it will flush itself out in in like a year and a half span. But so I think that was the issue. Yeah. And then before that, dude, I think he was always consistent, but never really won. And I feel like you have to win a lot to get into number one. Like you have to have a good span. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it seemed like he was winning on the DP World Tour, though, like over in Europe, and that's oh. got to count for something. Yeah, but that again, those points aren't aren't as great as yeah coming back. But yeah, I'm shocked too, dude. It's I mean, it's a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Like he's insane. Question for you: How long do you think he's gonna hold this spot? Do you think he's gonna go on a tear and have it for like a month or two, or do you think it's gonna it, disappear in the next few weeks? It it goes week to week, right? I think pretty much because there's not enough events in between it to change yeah, anything. Yeah. Dude, I mean, it's going to just to see be well, just going to be holy <laughs> shit. There we go. This is Whoa. great. This is great. It's going to be whether he plays a lot. Like, I don't think he, he's not playing in the Honda. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what's after the Honda. Right. Like, he could go through two or two weeks span without playing. I don't. And yeah, then, but I don't think anyone's in the Honda. Like anyone close enough to what world number one is in the Honda to take it from them. You know what I mean? So there's only yeah. there's only a few kind of smaller tournaments where there's those big dogs in it, and there's not any oh, of those. Yeah, because yeah, never bit. mind. Because then it's the Arnold Palmer, mm-hmm. which you'll probably play in, and then the Puerto Rican Open, which I think a lot of guys take off, and then it's the players, the Valspar. Yeah. So, dude, I think over the next, and then the Valero or Valero, well, Valero. Great man, Valero, <laughs> Texas Open, and then the Masters. Yeah, dude, I think he holds it till the Masters for sure. Yeah. So what's that? Where are we in? Well, we're so like um, about two months. You could say. You one, think he'll have it for two, about two months? Three, four, five, six, seven weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I think if he loses it, it'll be at the Masters because someone else will kind of play decent, and then if if they win, they might jump. But I think he has it till the Masters. Where will you? I think he's gonna have it longer because he's gonna play a few events before the Masters. There's no doubt in my mind he is in the top 10 at least once out of those like three or four times. And the right person has to be winning those events or in the top 10 a few times to take it from him. So, and then once he gets to the Masters, I think he has to have a good tournament this year. Like it's just one of those years where he's been so dominant. It's like when a player's that dominant. This you think year, he wins a major this year? I, I would put money on it. Yeah, I'd put money on it. And for some reason, I feel like the Masters could be one he wins. 
Like if if I had to pick one, I I could see it being the Masters because it's closer to the streak that he's been on. So that means the likelihood of him still kind of being in rhythm, I would say, is higher. And then, like the only thing I would doubt at the Masters is ability to shape the ball with a draw off the tee because he's such a good cut player. And the Masters a little bit like it kind of forces you a bit more to play that draw off the tee. Some guys disagree. Like DJ thinks one guy that just used to fucking new cuts anywhere and he didn't care. Yeah, but I th- I think it does help when you can work it both ways. But I mean, the way he like hits the green so well and picks his spots, like he is hitting it so close to the hole every time. And then when his putter's on, which is often, like he's arguably the best putter in the world. Like especially on his uh, what is he a righty? So his left to right putts, I know they've been saying he's like in love with them. Like he loves having a left to righter, and that's when he's draining those twenty five footers that are like which is crazy improbable as hell. Yeah, it's which is the just opposite. Insane. It's the right to yeah. left. Exactly. Yeah, huh? Interesting. Well, so market then, eh? Wins the Masters yeah. or what? I, I don't know. I would probably chalk it down, and I hope I'm right there because I mean, it'd be cool to see. He hasn't won obviously a Master. Has he? He hasn't won a major, right? That's a. I gotta fact check that. Okay, well, you fact check that. I'll I'll go into. I guess he was talking about. I don't know if you heard it, but um, kind of people are like, oh, you're on a great streak, blah blah blah. He reminded everyone of Tiger's two year span, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. Tiger had 17 wins and four majors. You're not even listening because you're you can't multitask. No, I know. I heard a lot of say the last part of that. I was listening and then I'd miss the last part. <laughs> 17 wins and yeah, four majors. In what span? <laughs> there you go. You didn't even hear any of it. <laughs> I said, I know, I'm just really trying to check this because I really want to know. Just uh, search. T- no, just search wins by. John Rom, this is so like cringy and just like tough to no, deal with right you're now. Good, you're good, you're good, you're good. Okay, I'm dialed, I'm dialed. I'm saying people were talking about Rom and how he's on a great streak, and he reminded everyone of Tiger's streak, his 1999-2000 season. He had 17 wins and four majors. Okay, I don't know if he'll get that. If he, <laughs> no, no, he's not saying he will. He's he was. People were saying you're on a great streak, you're on a great streak, and he was like, yeah, no, like I'm not. Like that's a good streak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't that's know unheard, if that's unheard of. Dude, yeah, that's better that's, than like exactly. DJ JT and Spieth's career. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's a bit of a ridiculous comparison. I don't know who's trying to say that in the media because you're a fucking donkey. No, they're not trying to compare. They're just stating how good of Tiger was. Well, I thought you. Well, I thought you were saying that John Rom responded to that by saying, "Oh no, not even close, dude." Like, what are you saying? No, I think he just said you're on quite a streak, and Rom was like. I'm not on that good of a streak. This is a good streak. Like okay, he was just, fair enough. He was just like yeah. kind of playing it off. Yeah. But I mean, no one, he shouldn't even be comparing himself to that by even like considering that as a good streak because that's just like unfathomable. Like you can't even think of going on a streak like that. Like it's not even real. It's never going to happen again by anybody. So, I mean, he should just be like, yeah, fuck it, dude. Like I am on a heater. <laughs> Look at me go. Yeah. Rom won the 2021 US Open. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought I saw. I feel I do not remember that whatsoever. He's won the Farmers Insurance Open and his lone major, the 2021 U.S. Open. Don't remember it one bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that either. That's a tough one to take on a golf podcast. That's gotta that's gotta be a COVID tournament though. So I mean, yeah, he won. What what does that do to anything? <laughs> no fans really. Like you're just quiet. You know, they're just playing. Yeah, he won like the 2021 U.S. Open. That was. Yeah, two years ago, I guess. Huh. That's fucked. Yeah, I don't believe that. 
What do you mean you don't believe <laughs> it's it? It's just not true. It just didn't happen. So if he wins this, the matches, you'll consider that his first major win. <laughs> yeah. That's I'll dumb. even post it. I'll say congrats on your first major. Yeah, I'm sure he cares. Yeah. Okay. I kind of want to jump into... So I watched Full Swing. Yeah. I haven't finished it all. Um, have you seen Neither it? Neither have I. I have watched, uh, I think, six episodes. And I want me to talk about it. I don't want to spoil shit for people. Just in case they're listening and haven't watched it. So I'm we not, can talk generally I'm not, about it, but... I'm not really spoiling anything. Because, dude, yeah. what's there to really spoil? Like the whole thing happened last year. Like everyone knows every. I know, but like for me, I forgot some of it. So like, instead of searching it up to like stay on track with what was happening, like it felt kind of exciting. You know what I mean? Okay. This is a couple of takes like, okay, well I'm not going to ruin it, but like, I'm, I'm going to say some stuff from it. (laughs) This is just like a wild, like a, like a weird, I cannot believe. And I knew this before because when he won the U S open, it was big, but that Fitzpatrick like keeps the record of every golf shot. Like, do you remember that? Like, dude, yeah. I don't understand that. Like, I know it was said, like I That's said, nuts. in the open, but like when they actually were going through the show and like he was explaining it and like every rain shot, dude, like, <laughs> it's how does sickening. Do like, you see him grinding through the Excel sheets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that is, ins- I couldn't imagine the amount of time he has to put into that. Like, dude, hire someone for that. <laughs> but he wants to see it, I guess. He wants I to, get, he well, wants to do it. He wants to know, dude. Do you, do you think you could do it in a round? Do you keep every golf shot in a round if you try to do it in a round, like just playing golf? Like I could, but I really, and, really wouldn't want to, like at all. You don't think you'd forget one shot, like a well, chip was, or like a wedge? If I was trying to do it, then I could track it. But like it would have to be kind of in the moment. Like there's no way I could just play around and then look back and be like this, this, that, that, this. Like I would for sure forget some. I think if you showed up at a golf course, and this is when I say you, I mean me and me. If someone's like, dude, record every shot you take that day. From the range to the golf course, even me trying, I bet I would forget one or two. Like I want to know if he's yeah. for if he if he's missed one. Like you can't be saying you've recorded every shot and then do like you know <laughs> out of your eight thousand shots you've recorded seven hundred and fifty, or like yeah. seven sorry seventy five hundred let's say yeah, or seventy five yeah. again. Like have you recorded? He's got to be shot pretty close. He's got to be pretty close. Like I'm sure of course there's human error, so I doubt he's literally had every shot because that's just impossible. Even if he tried, but that is whack, man. Like I could not believe that. Yeah, that's nuts. What now, would you I, say is your favorite part of the show so far from what you watched? So I, I've watched it seven can episodes. Kind of, okay, so most of it. Honestly, dude, this is what I was kind of saying. Like, I think it hasn't been that great. I wanted more rawness. I, I don't like the interview sit down. I hate how half the episodes are them going through the tournaments mm-hmm. that I've already watched. I get for a non-golf fan, it's, it's important. But, you know, it's like re-watching it. Like, it's like, dude, I want to, like, I watched... Mito Pierre make a double on fucking 18. I, I don't want to like yeah. watch his round. Like I saw, I want to know what he's like after round, right? Like I wish they had more off the course aspects mm-hmm. as opposed to less like highlights. Um, yeah. I think that, uh, I think they overstressed the whole like cut. I, you don't make money. Yeah. They, like, they, they said it like really... seven or eight times. Like, mm-hmm. dude, okay. Even if you're not a golfer, You've said it like three times. We get it. If they don't they make the cut, it, they don't yeah. make money. Like that, th- that type of stuff was just like, and I think it's, I don't blame it to the guy's report, like the actual like journalists that were talking about it. I think it's the way they chopped it up because it was so back and forth, right? Like one episode you're watching JT and Jordan and JT win the players. And then mm-hmm. the next episode, like five episodes later, you're, you're watching Mito prayer at the players. So like, it's very yeah. hoppy, which I don't, I'm not a huge fan of either. I agree. Like it definitely was a little bit different than what I anticipated. Uh, 
I would have to agree in the fact that I I didn't like how staged some of it felt. Like obviously you're not going to get everything fully raw and it's for entertainment purposes so it's going to happen but i just wish it was a little bit like brooks's wife and shit like that was just kind of annoying sure she's good looking and there's a couple nice little scenes but like she it was just like a bit ridiculous you know like yeah i found very over dramatic but the i did honestly love the first few episodes when i was like not sure what to expect like i almost teared up a few times like I was uh I was struggling with a few because just listening to like the mental struggle like it emphasized that so well which I was most happy about is like really how the game is a mental game like and that's what separates the best players in the world from not the best player in the world is yeah is when you're on you're on because your mental is so strong you don't have a single thought in the world and it's so opposite when you're down so I thought that was a really cool thing but I'm sure we can talk about that more another time and go in depth when we're fully done and maybe get some more reviews from other people but yeah, yeah. I said one more thing to say. Yeah. I love the fact that during the Ian Poulter episode, he has like three or four bottles of tequila in his locker. Did you <laughs> see that? Yeah, he's a menace, bro. The Tito's. He's the Tito's vodka. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we Hilarious. yeah we, we could dive into that a little more when everyone's seen it and actually go over it. But that's yeah. just a couple of quick takes I had. For um, sure. I didn't think it was raw enough. I. I thought they could have done it with more people involved. Like I was stoked to like the list that they had. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I thought every, like there's only like, you know, really like 14 guys involved and like some yeah. of them weren't like the biggest names. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I just wish they didn't have as much high, like highlights. I wish it was more. Yeah. Yeah. So fair but, enough. Fair enough. Uh, we can dive into that later. This is what I really want to get into though. The Thomas Peters scenario. Did, so he joined live. Um, did he? Yeah, he did. When was that like this week? Yeah. So he made a tweet, dude, saying I'm the 34th ranked player in the world and I, I can't get into the Genesis Invitational. And he kind of went off. He goes, how does this make sense at PJ Tour? And I do feel for the guy because people are like, oh, he's, and when he signed with Lip, you're like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, he's not that great. Dude, he's the 34th player in the world and he plays on the DP World Tour. Like, dude, to say that is just absolutely out to lunch. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's honestly a little bit of disgrace to the Europeans. Yeah. And I think it's it, right now it's a one-way street because I guarantee if Scotty wanted to play in any DP World Tour event, um, he'd go over and play. I know he's like the top five in the world, top three in the world, and Thomas mm-hmm. isn't, but maybe that's a bad example. But even a guy in the top 15 on the PJ Tour could go over and play in the DP whenever he wanted, and, and they're not getting yeah. that back. So, dude, for him to leave, I don't blame him. I think the no. PJ Tour is is missing a huge European uh demographic kind of and like demographic group of golfers and it's only getting worse because dude peter's 35th in the world mito pierre dude that guy can play i know mm-hmm. he's well he's 50th okay he's 50th but like he's on the come up he his rookie year was last year yeah <laughs> right and then even sebastian uh munez he's 98th in the world still you're losing like two three four and then you you throw in joaquin neiman who was a top mm-hmm. player in the world, like top 10, right? Like mm-hmm. I think they're missing the boat huge on growing the game for like the, like the worldwide aspect. Mm-hmm. And they're too worried about, Oh, it's okay. We have our core, our core young Americans that will take the yeah. PJ tour. But if you want the PJ tour to be the best in the world, you need everyone around the world to be playing in it. Exactly. And that's where I think people are missing the boat on it. And it, drives me nuts because i think they made a huge mistake with those guys i know they don't seem like big guys but they are big guys no. and they will be big guys in the future and i don't want to see the best american in the world because then we might as well just call it you know the pj tour of america exactly yeah Give me the best I'm, I'm with you there 100 percent, dude i'm actually a big thomas peters fan like i wish he was playing more in the pj tour yeah. because the guy's a stud like 
He can roast the ball so far. He's had a solid game. And like you said, he's 34 ranked. Like the guy dominates over there. And I don't know why he hasn't come more to play over here. Maybe because they're not letting him in into tournaments, but um, that's a big loss in my opinion. Cause he's another guy who's like fairly young and still has probably like a good five to 10 years left. And there's like prime of his career and like i would not be surprised to see him maybe make it to the odd major and like put up some scary numbers well that and Ryder cup like he probably would have been on the Ryder mm-hmm. cup team which is yep. where guys really kind of get to the next level they blossom per se yeah. um so yeah i think they i think they and people are like oh it's not a big deal i i don't know i think those people are out to lunch yeah. um i guess you want me going to slim stats now or you, you got anything yeah, else yeah no that's that's a, that's all we need to talk about i mean we talk about live every week so we just need to get the baseline i feel like yeah. Um, slim stats. So he, I just got one for you. We got it. We're kind of on a bit of a time crunch. Um, a 10 index, dude. The shot difference between a 10 yard bunker shot to the green and a 10 yard chip shot from the rough. If you're looking, you're probably seeing the difference. But what do you think the difference is? 10 yard bunker shot and a 10 yard rough shot, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah. For a 10 handicap. It's sad. It's probably fairly similar, but I would say more guys struggle out of the bunker. So average, maybe close to like three. Three shots? Or you mean? Like how are you, how are you, the average index of shots? What do you mean by that? Sorry, when I'm in a bunker from 10 yards out, mm-hmm. I how many shots it takes to get in the hole? In and the how hole? many shots I take to get from? The rough in the whole. So I would say, out. yeah. So I would say a bunker. It's like close to probably three, like three point three ish. And then from the rough, I would say it's got to be a little bit easier. So maybe close to like two point seven ish. Yeah, it's it's two point nine one from the bunker and two point six one from the rough. So it's basically a third of a shot. So do you think okay. that you go in a bunker nine times in a mm. round? I know that's high. It's three shots. You go in three bunkers, Jeez. it's one shot, right? So that's a huge difference when you think about you know playing your miss. <laughs> Yeah, you know, is the sure. miss in the rough or is the miss in the bunker? And That's... I'm a, I'm probably way worse than that. And I'm a lower handicap than that. And bunkers <laughs> kill me, dude. I got to figure that out. But. That's that's no here, no there, because that's my problem, not not the listener's <laughs> problem. Um, <laughs> Figured so, out. So yeah, who do you got this week? Honda. It's still the Honda for one more year, I think. Um, we got the bed stamp. You know, best odds. Mm-hmm. Join the team. It's a uh, pretty pretty quiet tournament in terms of the. Uh competition so i do have jt poston or poston poston Poston. i always want to say boston because it just looks like boston when it's on the leaderboard and then i like pendrith as well this week i think this could be a sneaky like that's actually my favorite by far i think pendrith is a sneaky value play here dude i'm gonna go out of the top i'm gonna go denny mccarthy he kind of had a big time showing at the pebble Mm. but the other guy i'm gonna go with dude he's 13,000 Pearson Cootie. This guy came out of Texas. He his him and his twin brother both got into the Honda. His brother got in on the Monday. Pearson is playing on the Corn Ferry and won this year already. Mm-hmm. They went to both played at I want to say Texas. They're sticks. I uh, yeah. walked around with uh Parker who got in on the Monday with Drew this year on the Canadian tour um in a practice round. I'm telling you, Pearson Cootie 13,000 could could be an absolute steal of a pick, but I might just ride with it. Actually, Batia is playing as well, so I'm excited to see him. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah, dirty. Unreal. You got anything else before we wrap this sucker up, or what? No, I'm all good, sir. I'm all good. 
unreal. Well, I guess we'll chat next week. And uh, until then, you know, 